Amen, amen. Well, I am Jake Isbell, I'm Pastor Jake, uh, Wayfinders Church Pastor in Gerald. That was cool. First time I got to say that. It is, it is official. There is no more ifs, ands, and buts, right? That's right. Pastor Jake at Wayfinders Church in Gerald. Come, man, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, I'm really excited uh, to be here uh, with our first campus, right, with Wayfinders Kyle. And so this is an exciting opportunity uh, for me and for, uh, well, maybe for you. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Probably not. Because honestly, we moved, right? We, we just moved in yesterday. Lots of meetings this week. Still at my bivocational job orientation. It's crazy. But we all have crazy lives. So we're all going to be crazy together, right? Now, now <laughs> that's right. So, you know, really today, I'm really excited about the Bible didn't say that. Uh, this is our... our uh, point in time in this series where we get to explore the idea that, uh, you know, obedience doesn't mean that you hit the lottery. Jesus is not going to make it rain on your life just because everything's going right. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to break my first rule of preaching and give you a baseball uh, illustration because I'm terrible at baseball. I mean, you can look at me. I'm not a baseball type of guy, right? So, uh, and, and to be honest, in high school, when I played baseball, uh, I my senior year, was it my senior year, I think? My junior year, sometime in high school, I went an entire season without going at, like, getting a hit. That is crazy, all right? And, and that's, we're going to come back to that, but could you imagine going at bat for an entire baseball season and never getting on base because you hit the ball right? That's my life. That's Jake. We could probably end there. But what we're going to do is, is talk about Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Bottom of the ninth. Down three runs. You're up to bat. No more opportunities. Two outs. You step up to the plate. I can do all things. Does it really work that way? You step up. You haven't hit a single hit all season. And the team's counting on you. Two outs. Bottom of the ninth. World Series. I can do all things. Now, I mean, there are some times that this verse gets applied in that manner, right? We love to be power-activated Christians where we can just take the power of Jesus and smack that baseball and win the World Series. You know... I don't know about you, I've hit, I've missed a lot of those pitches coming at me. I have not hit a grand slam because I can do all things through Jesus. I think that's where life kind of lives a little bit more for us regular folk. Now, the other thing that's kind of crazy, I mean, this gets applied in so many other situations, right? Uh, one of my favorite restaurants, now we're talking more of my language, is Buffalo Wild Wings, okay? I love wings. I love them awesome French fries that are wedges. They're not French fries. They're amazing. It's one of my favorite places. So I'm sure some of you guys are staying up to date and up to speed with things like the news and, you know, but the important news, like what Buffalo Wild Wings is doing. And they're considering letting sports gambling happen in their, in their uh, restaurants in all of America, right, where you could go and enjoy wings and, also bet on a game. Well, again, 
You're there at Buffalo Wild Wings, spending money you don't have. No more money in the bank account. Rent is due tomorrow. You put your last $30 on the Cowboys. I can do all things. Now, yeah, you could say probably not a good bet in general. If you are going to do all things, maybe choose a better team. I like the Cowboys, actually. But is, does it really work that way? You know, can you just show up, put your last 30 on, last $30, and just say, I can do all things? <laughs> just make a really not smart move? Probably not, right? This, but this is honestly some of the way that Christians live out this verse. We walk in, uh, in this borrowed power of Jesus, and we abuse it. I mean, we, we talk about this, this power that Christ gives us, that the strength that Christ gives us, and sometimes we use it for the silliest things, right? I mean, it's very, very interesting. But let's get a little bit more real. I mean, it's fun to talk about baseball when you can't hit it and money that you don't have. But let's, let's get a little bit more real. So you did everything right this week. You went to church. You prayed. You're, you're doing the 21-day prayer challenge. You are going uh, to Bible study. You are uh, doing everything right this week. You even he- helped a neighbor move. You gave money to someone you didn't know that really needed. I mean, you were just Mother Teresa for the week. You gave in a complete full tithe at church. You did all things right. Now, surely, Christ is going to do the rest and meet your exact need at the exact right time every single time. That because you did that, that somehow you will no longer worry. You will no longer have any issue or problem in your life. He does provide amazing things in your life. But is it really because you have it all put together? You see, I'm I'm starting to pick on something, and, and honestly, we don't control God. His blessing to you, His strength for you, His provision for you is not dependent on you getting it all right. And that is what's amazing. And that's what you guys talked about a little bit about last week of, you know, helping those that are helping themselves. Do they, do we really, does it really work that way? The, the kingdom economy, is that really how the grace of Jesus works? And it's a little different. And I've experienced this personally because when you think about Philippians 4 this way and you think you have this power to control God and all these things, it gets you a little messed up sometimes. You see, when Kaylee and I started our ministry really early uh, in our, right after we graduated college and got married, uh, we were really good at being Christians when things are great, right? We almost treated Jesus as this holy vending machine where where we put good things, we put our tithes, our good tithes in, we put our time uh, into coming to I mean, coming to work, I mean, coming to, uh, to church. We put our, uh, our prayers. We, we did all the good things. We 
inserted that money into the Jesus vending machine and out popped holy Snickers, right, all the time. It was just raining Snickers. Everything was great. You know, but as we learned what life is, life is just not a thunderstorm of holy Snickers. You know, Jesus is not a vending machine. He's not your get-rich scheme. We learned that pretty interesting because, you know, uh, we took our first church and everything was going right. Um, but quickly we found out that there wasn't any more Snickers falling from heaven. I mean, it was starting to get difficult. Within our first two weeks of our first assignment, uh, our leadership team came up to us and said, hey, actually, we're leaving this church and we're, we're moving to Arizona. And uh, we were like, what? You know, Kaylee had her student uh, teaching assignment already at that, that location that we had. Uh, we had everything planned out. We had a parsonage. We, we had everything planned up according to right. Our holy Snickers life was wonderful, right? And then it just kind of started out of control once we said, hey, we're not going to be at this church. We're going to Glendale. And by the way, you can't really stay at this church because you know, they're really not in a position to hire you in the first place. Why didn't that come up? I don't know in the interview process, but I don't know, right? I mean, these things, uh, difficult, difficult. We move to a state we uh, haven't been to, to a church we haven't interviewed at three days after we get home from our honeymoon, and we are really scared. We get into a house that was way too expensive, we start operating out of fear instead of confidence. Eventually, things just kept going. We didn't, the, the payment schedule was off on, on, our, on, our, on, our, um, on our income for the church. We didn't get paid right away. We went through all of our savings, all of our wedding money, and we, it still wasn't enough. We got to the point we had to call home for groceries because we couldn't afford to uh, to, you know, get dinner at the grocery store, even at Aldi, which I love Aldi, by the way. Come on, to Aldi. We never now not go to Aldi unless we have to go somewhere else. But I was still operating into I can do all things. You know, we came to the Sunday where it was time to tithe. No money. But I was still seeing Jesus as this vending machine. If I were only to tithe what's not there. If I were to only do what I need to do, somehow God is going to magically put a check in that mailbox for us and everything's going to be great. We're not going to have to worry about the silly mistakes we made at getting into a house we couldn't afford. So what happens? We tithe. Treasurer comes, says, hey man, that check did not go through. How embarrassing. Like, I started to think, what is wrong with me? I did it all right. This is not, you're not supposed to come and tell me that the check didn't go through. I got the Jesus magic dust, man. I put in my good tokens in the Jesus vending machine. Where's my holy Snickers? Check bounced. Your tithe check bounced. 
just because we're obedient and we're doing good things doesn't mean it's all magically going to be happy and no problems. Life is hard. There are things that we go through that we struggle with. And I think we all do that with a little bit, you know, because there's some of us right here today that are in this church building, coming to this church place, because we think that if we just do this and come here and, and do our time and put in our time and pray, that just good things will come out of this. You're making an investment by coming to church today, some of you. It's not a good investment. Jesus is not your good, rich scheme. He is much more interested in your heart than your obligation. He's much more interested on what you love and what you want than what you should do. Because what you love and what you want changes what you should do. You see, we get transformed by, by the love and the desire after pursuing God that changes our perspective, changes our ability to make different decisions. So if you read Philippians 4 in more entirety, you, you have a lot better chance of getting a better understanding. Uh, well, not the entirety, but just a little bit before verse 13. And it goes like this, Philippians 4, 10 through 13. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. What's happening here, Paul's in prison, okay? And uh, he's heard of this church he started a long time ago. They're going through a terrible time, uh, a terrible time, and they're having real hardship themselves. And they send a messenger to Paul to hook him up with some, some, a big financial gift because you, in the ancient world, you don't send a messenger uh, unless you're giving someone a significant gift. And it is important to note that also in an ancient prison, life was really terrible. Paul was putting in his holy tokens to that holy vending machine, and he was not having an opportunity to even eat. It was terrible for him. In ancient prisons, you can't eat if you don't have money. You buy your own meals. You buy your own opportunity. You buy your cell. You pay for every bit of that prison and what it has to offer. Paul had nothing, right? So he is really, really grateful for this church sending this gift to them. But what he tells them is really interesting, is not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And listen to it when it goes into verse 12. I know how to be brought low. I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound in every circumstance. I have learned that the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. It is so easy to apply that strength in abundance when there is no need. But that is not what the Scripture is saying. Can you go low? Can you be brought to the very most difficult, embarrassing, scary moments of your life 
and do all things. Because that's what the scripture is saying, is that you can do it. It is possible to be, to be just as, strength, as strengthened in abundance as in your absolute worst day. When your tithe checks bounce at your church that you worked at. That's pretty low for me. And there's much lower that we're going to face. But I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And if you read 2 Corinthians 11, 14 through 33, you're going to see Paul's experience. Prison wasn't that bad of a deal because he's been through a lot more. So you get kind of a snapshot in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 33, and it goes like this. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less than one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. <laughs> On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea and from false brothers. This is a long list. He knows how to go low. All right? Who is weak? Well, and apart from the other things, there is daily pressure of me for my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is made to fail? And I am not indignant. But if I must boast, I will boast on the things that show my weakness. Because he can do all things. The God and the Father of Lord Jesus, he is who blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. At Damascus, the governor and king of Aritus was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was led down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. You see, he does provide. There are baskets that come. There is provision that shows up at the exact right time in the exact right need. And there is power and strength in following Jesus. But the thing is, is you can't switch it on and off with the switch to get rich. Or to make it easy. This life is not easy. Whether you are knowing and loving and being with the Lord or not. And if Christians were to magically escape the difficulty of life, what witness would we have? What ability would you have to speak into your neighbor's life if you knew no pain, no suffering, no hardship? You see, it's who walks through us, walks with us through this pain, suffering, and hardship that makes the difference, that, that makes us different. It is interesting. So, we don't obey God just to get rich. Jesus is not the magic dust where pain and inconvenience evaporate. That is a bankrupt way to look at your walk with Jesus. <laughs> if tomorrow our house gets flooded, does that mean we have not obeyed? If tomorrow cancer comes, 
Does that mean that God is angry and I am cursed? If we try and try with our best abilities and effort and still fail, are we really outside of God's intended life for us? No. It's life. We're here to make a difference, not to be excused. We can't make a difference when we're not in the game, and you're not in the game unless you're going through it. (laughs) There is pain. There is loss. There is lack of money. There is trauma. But you know what makes all these things so much harder? Is when you carry on a, a false guilt on your back, that if somehow, if you would have just closed your eyes and said, I can do all things, that it would have just gone away. Some of you carry that guilt that you are not doing it right, that you're not enough, that you don't love God right, that your performance is not meeting who God is, and somehow you are doomed. The economy of grace in the kingdom does not work like that. You are not doomed. You're human. Living in a real earth with real hardship. But newsflash, you have the king of the universe walking through everything with you. And he does make a difference. And he does show up even when you don't deserve it and when you've done it wrong time after time after time again. I wish I could say that writing a tithe check that I couldn't clear was my worst issue. There will be lower times. There will be more pain and suffering. But we can be content so the secret of living in this is really interesting. <laughs> that guilt is not real. You are free, and Jesus loves you right where you are. Even though you make the same mistake, and you can do all things in Christ. All things in the low area, and all things in the abundance high area, because of who strengthens you. It just doesn't look like hitting a grand slam every single time. It doesn't look like hitting the lottery every single time. It means that you can walk through hell and back with the king of the universe at your side. And things that you thought were unmanageable and the things that come up in your life that you would think ahead of time and say, if that happened to me, I would not even get out of bed. You see the difference, the Christ factor, the strength that that you can do all things takes those things that you think will kill you and understands that they are nothing but an issue, a problem. And suddenly you see yourself get out of bed and take one step after another and somehow the most amazingly most difficult problem because something you just got to do that day. Can you imagine? The thing that you think about right now that says, if that happened to me, I would not even get out of bed, becomes something you just do that day. Not because you did it right, but because you can do all things 
You can do all things through whom strengthens you. That is amazing. And you know, Paul's secret of doing all things was being content. Living a content life was crucial for him. He was content. And in our culture, living a content life, we get picked on and made fun of that we think losing is okay. Being content in life means, eh, this to the world saying this to us. You're okay with losing and I'm not. Somehow it becomes a weakness to be content in this Western world. But being content in a life with Jesus is nothing but the strongest position that you can take. It is absolutely the strongest position that you can take. When you're content in who Jesus is, not in your life situations, and that's really the secret. You see, it boils down to this, and this is what we're ending with right here. What do you want? What do you love? What do you want? What do you love? Because, friends, you are what you love. And sometimes you don't love what you think. That's from a fancy book that I'm reading. It's awesome. I didn't come up with that. But it, it is very, very true. What do you want? And what do you love? And really think critically because you'll probably be surprised that you don't love what you think. That is the secret to being content. I wish I had another two hours to dive deeper into that with you, but I think that's something that needs to be lived out this week. I think that that's something that you need to really understand and dive deeper in on understanding what do you want, what do you love. Because when you live towards those things, and this being content in life takes practice. Living towards what you love and redefining that to something that gives you the strength of Christ takes practice. So don't give up. Identify what you want, what do you love, and allow Jesus into that opportunity and practice at it. Because being content and living that life of strength in the low things and the high things, it takes practice. I'm going to pray for us, and Todd is going to come up and close us with our benediction today. I'm so excited to be here and to be one of your Wayfinders pastors. It's pretty amazing. And you are becoming one of the things I love. This place is something I love. And although we are not quite where we want to be, on the whole level, there's a lot more to be done. Be done. I am content with being on this team and a part of you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. God, help us to be brought low. 
Help us to receive your strength, your love, and your mercy when that check doesn't show up. And when it does, in both situations, in the low and in the high, God, be with us. Give us your strength. Help us take one step at a time. We pray for this church, this Wayfinders Church, and all three campuses and all the future campuses. Lord, be with us in a powerful way. And in your name, in Jesus' name.